Kiora. Kiora. Kiora, Kiora. Okay. Ko te mihi tuatahi ki to tātou mātua nui e te rangi. Te kaihanga ona mea katoa i roto i tēnei ao, kei te mihi atu kia koi. My first acknowledgement is to our Father in Heaven, the creator of all things in this world. My acknowledgement is to you. And it's a great privilege to be able to stand before you this morning. There's some others I want to acknowledge again this morning. I want to just thank Reuben for the way in which he leads yeah. amazingly, and his wife Harmony, how awesome. Here somewhere, soon. Glory to God. And uh, yeah, thank you. Standing with Ruth and I, of course, John and Linda as well, but they're not right here with us, our assistant pastors. I just want to acknowledge them today because they are a great strength to us and they lead very well and they lay everything on the altar of sacrifice. They sacrifice their own selves, their times, their own lives uh, just for the people of God and for our community, for our town, for Northland. And I just honor you guys. We look up to you guys. And I just want to thank you for being faithful to the call of the Lord upon your lives. Fantastic. I also want to uh, acknowledge uh, today um, some of our widows and widowers today. Uh, Jan, uh, coming along so faithfully, and um, um, Marilyn. Lynn is going through in Auckland at the moment, but lift her up with your prayers. She's getting radiotherapy at the moment. We're believing for a great breakthrough there with her. Um, there's... Heather, yep. Fraser Heath, there's, um, there's others, I can't remember them all, but I want to honour our widows and widowers, sometimes you go through life and you're all alone and people don't know what you go through, uh, but our Heavenly Father knows, He alone understands, I can't say I understand what you're going through because I haven't been through it, so, um, Fran as well, that's who I was trying to think of, and, and others here, if you're a widow or a widower. You know, we, I just want to honor you for being faithful to the Lord and coming along consistently. No matter what trials you go through in life, it is very precious to our Father, and I want to honor you for that. And everyone else. I'm not going to go around the whole room. Hallelujah. That was on my heart this morning. So let's pray. Father, we just pray that you just lead in the message today. Uh, we want to just hear your voice, Lord. We want to uh, just uh, have your heart revealed to us, Father. Uh, just pour out your Holy Spirit over the gathering today. Uh, Father, we just ask that you uh, just open every heart, every soul of everyone listening in the congregation, Father, so that you can minister to them. Father, we just speak your love over this congregation, your word and your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. What a fantastic way to start this morning with uh, Honiana up there. What, what a victory. That's what we live here for at Excite. You know, three years in the Lord and he's pastoring a church. It's fantastic, phenomenal the way God can do such a miracle and turn such a life around. Glory to God. And uh, I thought there was, I didn't know that it was coming up this morning. I know he was going to send it, so I thought he was going to send it to me. I never saw it, but it made it here. <laughs> Uh, but he said it's okay to come back home. It's okay to come back home, and it's amazing how that dovetails and what the Lord's been saying to me this week. Praise God. Well, it's our why month, which is a funny theme, isn't it? Three-letter word, why. And uh, 
Reuben preached so well last week on why Easter. And uh, this week I want to speak about why fathers. Why fathers? It's a subject we should be dealing with uh, regularly. You know, heart conditions are, are very common today. And uh, a number of are affected by people uh, that are near to us who have had a heart condition and things have happened. And um, Jesus said in John 14, verse 1, he says to the disciples, and I just like this because he's, I love those chapters from John 14 through to John 17, where he's just opening his heart up to his, to his own, to those that he's loved and, and continues to love, as he's got so much more to think about as he's heading up that night to the cross. And, and here he is, he's, he's just pouring out and ministering to his disciples. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. You see, why would he say that? You believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. See, there's another form of heart condition that we can have, and it's a troubled heart. There's many things that come in. See, he's not talking about physical heart trouble here. Because he says it again in verse 27 of John 14. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Sometimes our hearts are troubled by fear. He's talking about a spiritual illness here that's within our hearts. A troubled heart, a burdened heart, a sorrowful heart. And, and, and this kind of heart trouble is very common as well. It's very common. Heart trouble, and I think you'd say amen to that as you go through the journey of life and have to face so many things in life, that yes, heart trouble uh, is very common. See, your heart condition may not depend so much on the things uh, that you allow into your heart, but rather who you're not letting into your heart affects the condition of your heart. See, we're talking about the soul here, not so much the spirit, because if you're a believer in Jesus, you've already been made alive in the spirit. But we're talking about your soul. That is your mind, the deep recesses of your mind, your will, your own will that drives you through life and your emotions that often are so affected by the circumstances that we go through in life. So... The first point out of two points today, or question is, questions, because it's why, so two questions. Why are our hearts troubled? That's the first question. Why are our hearts troubled? More often than not, the heart trouble comes uh, from, looking, uh, from looking to people instead of the one person we should be looking at, yeah? And letting him come into our heart, letting the, the light, of Christ shine in every area of our heart, the light of God, the love of God. See, it comes from not looking at the sun. In the natural, we're not really to look at the sun. When I was a little boy, we're told not to look at the sun. But I want to tell you, as a believer, you can look at the sun. You can look at the sun. You need to look at the sun. You need to have your eyes firmly fixed on the sun and all His glory and all His beauty. It'll be good for your heart trouble. See, I, I, through life I've guarded my heart often 
from unforgiveness because I've recognized that if I allow unforgiveness, that's just going to affect my ministry. It's going to affect my family. It's going to affect every area of my life. From bitterness, getting bitter about things. That I guard my heart from that, bitterness. And jealousy, being jealous, jealous and envious of what other people ha- have got. Uh, things like that. I, sometimes we manage to guard our hearts from those things. It's important that we look at the sun. I just want to reiterate that as we go through this message. Look at the sun. See, other things, though, than those things I've just mentioned, trouble our hearts as well. Things like fear. Coming up here and speaking in front of you and bringing a message. When perhaps when we've had a rough week, maybe. You know, sometimes we can be afraid. How's it going to go? Is anybody going to come to the Lord? Reuben's hitting the ball out of the park. Will I be able to do that today? Fear, anxiety, glory be. It's not something we'd ever be too worried about, it, is it? Hey, glory to God. But some of these things, God searches our heart. What about unbelief? Really, we think, yes, yes, we believe God's my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. But then fear and anxiety can come in undetected, and it can eat away at us, and we worry. It could be about our children. It could be about our work situation or just providing, and the bills are mounting up. And, or it could be that we're getting older now and not so agile and not able to do what we used to be able to do when we were younger. There's many things that might bring fear and anxiety into our lives. And these are all common heart conditions. But it's important to look to the sun. It's important to look to the sun. Jesus said in John 15, verse 3 and 4, he says to the disciples, you are already clean. I really love that because we know that Peter was just about to deny him and uh, the rest of them were about to take off and uh, yeah, all sorts of things were going to happen. All the fear of the, you know, his sheep, smite the shepherd, the sheep were going to be scattered. And here he's saying, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. They're clean because of the word. You're already clean because of the word of God that dwells in your hearts richly. You have life in the spirit. Your spirit is perfect. But what's going on in your soul? There can be heart conditions in our soulish realm, and our Heavenly Father wants to minister to that this morning. You may be sitting there in the seat and you didn't know that in one area of your heart could be your in your soul, your mind, your will, or your emotions, there is a condition that our Father wants to just touch and, and minister to this morning. Look to the sun. Earlier in this week, I went out, as I often do, to spend time, and I talk about this a lot, and you acknowledge that, spend time with my father. I need to do that in life, more than ever. This week, I needed to spend time with him. I usually go out before the sun rises. This time, I went down to Rianga Heights, parked on the side of the road, and was waiting for the sun to come up. And the, um, you know, when the sun goes down, it's a long time before it comes up again. And we could sit there and maybe wonder, is it, what happens if it never comes up again? That last night was the last time we saw it go down, and it's never going to rise again. But then you see a moon, and that's represented, see, that's, 
This is where the disciples were at because the sun was about to go down. He was about to be, go to the cross. He was talking to them about losing his life. And yet there's the moon, thankfully, today. We are the moon, really, the church of the living God that reflects the glory of the sun. And so even though the sun may have gone, may not be here physically, we're here to reflect his glory. And this is what God was showing me. This, thank God he's always faithful and the sun comes up every day. Because we're so used to it, maybe it, it just goes unnoticed a little bit. But this, this morning when I was out earlier in the week, the sun came up and this time it was shining off the clouds. Now, I always thought the clouds, and I'd heard it preached from when I was young, that the clouds are like our sin that comes between us and God. And if you don't confess your sin, they mount up and block the clouds out. But my father showed me something different this morning. He said, no, the clouds, Paul, are like your trials that you go through in life. The trial of your faith that is more precious than gold. And then the sun, before it had come up, I saw this red glow coming off the clouds. I thought, wow, the moon's reflecting the glory of God, the church. But here's the trials that we go through in life that nobody else sees but God. And there's something of Christ, this glory that is going to shine off those clouds, purple and pink and all these different colors and red and I don't know the colors, but beautiful. You've watched the sunset or the sunrise. And then those clouds, those trials are so necessary in our lives to bring out the glory of our Savior. And then, and then these clouds, sometimes there's tears and they come down. And, and my father was showing me this. The tears come down to water the trees of righteousness that are growing up, our children, our generations to come. So God is teaching us and molding me as a father and now a grandfather. And it's just as though I've only just began to learn and I've got so much more to learn, but he's allowing the trials of life to come into my uh, uh, life trials. of, And I'll go through by faith many trials in life. I know you guys don't have any, but I'm just sharing that I sometimes go through trials, many trials. But he's bringing the glory of his son out through it, and it's necessary. So I want to encourage you this morning that if you're going through trials and you have a heart condition and something else is popping up, God is graciously dealing with you, and he cares for you, and he loves you, and he will show you, and he will lead you through all the things that you go through. Why are our hearts troubled? Why are our hearts troubled? from not looking at the sun. That's what causes trouble in our hearts. Not looking to the sun. We need to be reminded time and again to look at the sun. You know, we're sheep, really, in our Father's pasture. and The Lord is our shepherd. And like the prophet, he sent the prophets of old, and, and, and Isaiah said, the prophet said, all we like sheep have gone astray. And we, we, we used to preach that in the gospel and think the non-Christians out there are straying off. But sometimes we have a heart condition and our hearts go astray even when we're believers. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. We are trying to make it work, but just let go and let God. It's going to be all right. Glory to God. So there was another morning I went out to spend time with my father. This time I went way out the end of Father Road, about half five in the morning, and parked in a, in a metal gateway looking out to see, to wait for the sun to come up. And 
I felt my father was distant. I wanted to be near him. And somehow on my phone, this song came up. And I hadn't heard it before, and I wasn't looking for it. But my father just orchestrates different things that happens. Even if it's patterns in the sky or whatever, he speaks to me in different ways. And he speaks to you. I've learned to just listen. Everyone, he speaks to each one of us uniquely. He won't speak to you the same way he speaks to me, but he'll speak to you if you open your heart and allow him to come in and you listen and you look around and open your eyes and, and, and commune with him and walk with him. He will speak with you in your own unique conversation, in your own unique way, how you connect with the Lord. Well, I was out there and uh, this song came up on my phone before daylight. And it's Jenny, Jen Johnson. And she sung this thing, and here's me feeling distant with the Lord. And it's like he's speaking to me. And I just wrote a few of the words down, and it says this. And, and I'm just blown away because I'm just, here's me thinking, Lord, where are you? It's like the sun's gone down. And where are you, God? I can't hear you. Suddenly the song comes from nowhere, and he says, I am the Lord your God. This is the words of the song. I go before you now. I stand beside you. I'm all around you. That's the song, Come to Me, by Jen Johnson. I'm all around you. Though you feel I'm so far away. What? It's like he was speaking to me through this. Though, though you feel I'm far away, I'm closer than your breath. Wow. I'm with you wherever you go. I am the Lord your peace. That's Jehovah Shalom. No evil will conquer you. Steady now your heart, Paul. Doesn't say Paul in the song. I thought I'd add it in. I've got to get my name in there somewhere. <laughs> Steady now your heart and mind. Come into my rest. Oh, let your faith arise. Lift up your weary head. I am with you wherever you go. Come to me, I'm all you need. Come to me, I'm, e I'm everything. Wow. You know, would that make you cry when you're out there talking to your father? You know? If you're a woman, it might, but us men don't cry, do we? No. Reuben? No, we don't have tear ducts. Don't worry, I've used mine a few times. <laughs> don't tell anyone, though. Well, at any rate, that was great. So then I started, I, my, my, the Lord took my mind to his word in, in the same passage, but it's in John 17, the prayer of the Lord, in the last couple of verses, and he says this. And so I just... I think I opened my Bible. I, he brought these verses. I don't know how it happened. It just followed on just so supernaturally natural. And so there's the Lord, and he says, O Father, the world have not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. Wow. I'll read the next verse, which is the last verse. And I have declared to them your name. Now, first of all, I'll just explain what the Lord was saying to me, because that was a wow to me. I reread it. I thought, what? Does it say that? O righteous Father, the world have not known you. Okay, I understand that. But these have known you. Oh, no, he didn't say that. He said, but I have known you. I've known you. The world don't know you, but I've known you. And then he didn't say the disciples knew the Father either. You see, he said, these ones, the disciples, they've known that you sent me. He, he didn't say they've known you also. Wow. He, actually, he said, I've known you, like we're pretty, we're, we're, we're like this. 
But these have known that you sent me, yeah. He, told, he said they were clean and everything, but he never said they know you. It's important that we get to know our dad, you know. I'm going to go into that because then he goes on to say, and I have declared to them your name. And I'm going, what name? What name is this? What name? And I will declare it. Why? He's basically saying it's very, very important that I do. He says that the love with which you loved me, the aroha that you loved me, that I experienced with you, Father, he said, I'm declaring to them your name so that love may be in them. That same aroha, aroha, sorry, I can't pronounce that very well, may be in them and I in them. That's why he wanted to declare their name. So what name is this? This is the second question. Why is our Father so important? Do you know what that name is? It's Father. I went back and I had a look through chapter 14. And I encourage you to read this very carefully yourselves and go over and over. I love those four chapters, 14, 15, 16, 17. The, the, the conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. Did you know that in chapter 14, I counted 22 times the word Father? In chapter, um, in chapter 15, I counted the word Father 10 times. In chapter 16, I counted the word Father 13 times. And in chapter 17, the passage that I was reading, that's the first one I counted, and I went back to the others afterwards, I counted it six times. Now, six is the number of man. And I thought, and my father speaks to me through numbers, he, he was saying to me, everything that a man or woman can go through here on earth, the number of man, no matter what it is, I will be there as father. I'll be in every circumstances man could ever go through. I am there for you as father. We need to get to know God, not as God, but as our Father. We long within, people long within to have a Father. We long to have a Father that will give a, a, a listening ear. We need a Father. And this is what John 17 verse 3 says, Jesus said there, he said, and this is life eternal that they might know you, the only true God, knowing him and Jesus Christ who you sent that they might know you. That's what eternal life is. We need to get to know the Father. Do you know your Father? He wants to be, he wants to be there in everything you do. Not to be a nuisance, but He's there to help you, support you, strengthen you, care for you, pour in His love, His aroha into your heart with everything that you go through. We long for our Father, and He's never left us like I sung the words of that song. And he told me, I've never left you. I've always been here, Paul. I'm always there for you. In Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 23, the Lord spoke through the prophet. We read that in verse 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Your father is with you. Be aware of that. He knows when you, right inside your emotions, when you go through things emotionally and you bottle it up, he knows what you're going through. No one else might know that. My wife might not know that. Your husband might not know that. But God knows it. Your father knows more than that. He actually cares. When there's anxiety in your mind and in your heart, he knows. He wants to come in and minister to you today, his aroha. He wants to say, it's all right. I know what you're going through. 
I know it hurts. I know it's painful. I know you just want to get some release from that. I know you're suffering, but I'm here. I've been with you always. We long for our Father. In Philippians 4 and 19, it says, And my God, Paul said this, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, God shall supply both your physical and spiritual needs through Christ. Not just providing for us the money we need, the things we need in life, but emotionally, spiritually, every, every area of our soul, God will provide for you if you just let Him in. If you just let Him in. He wants, He's a loving Father. You mean so much to Him. I want to tell you today, he, you might not think much of yourself, but I want to tell you, your Father thinks so much of you. Your Heavenly Father, He designed you just the way you are. He created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He really cares for you. He wants you to open up everything that you're going through and just share it with Him. You can actually talk to Him about it. You can say, Father, it's really hurting. Sometimes we don't know the words to use, but you can just say, Lord, it's painful. It's sore. It's hurting. This is what I feel. I feel no one understands. You can share it with him. He wants to hear your voice. And I encourage you to do that today. Why is our Father so important? Because we long for our Father. We need our Father. Jesus knew they needed that. They had found great comfort having the Lord with them, walking with them for that three and a half years. So gracious. They marveled at the gracious words that came from his mouth. He wasn't there with a big stick to tell them everywhere they were wrong, but he marveled at, they marveled at his gracious words. But then he was going to go, and he wanted, he wanted to declare and make sure they knew all about Father, all about Father's love, all about how passionate he was for them and how much he cared for them. That's what our Father in heaven, our Father who's here in the room, that's what his Spirit is getting across to us, the Lord of glory today, is wanting to share the Father's love just like he was doing with the disciples. That's what he wants you to know, how much he cares for you, how much he loves you. And as of that day, when I got back to the house, I was still chatting. You can just chat any time of the day. It says to pray always, so that means always be in a chatty, chatty way with your dad. That's all it means, you know, just chat. You don't have to say, dear Lord Jesus, we come to you, Holy Father, you know, or whatever, you know. Um, just say, oh, Dad, you know, or this happened. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, thanks for that. That was great. You know, you can just talk to your father. So I'm walking back at home, walking in the door, and uh, just chatting to him about something, and I turn around and look at the clouds one more time because the, the sun had come up by then, so there wasn't the glow. But there were still clouds, and I looked at it, and there was this heart just as I walked inside. Wasn't that sweet, eh? And I know that he'd put it there for Carol. I thought, I'm going to tell her on Sunday. So that's what this whole message was for, for Carol. No, it was for me. It was for me. I'm only kidding. No, it's for you. Love you, Carol. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's all the Father wants to say to you today. He really loves you. If you've just come in here for the first time, and you've never connected with the love of God and you feel the unworthy, He loves you. Jesus said, For God so loved the world, for God so loved you, 
that he gave his only begotten son. He only had one son. Can you imagine? He could have given an angel. It could have been Gabriel or Michael. Maybe Lucifer. That would be better on the cross. Yeah? No. He gave his only son. That which was most nearest and precious and dear to his heart, he gave him for you. And if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just with every head bowed in this place this morning, I want to give you an opportunity now to just invite him to come in. He died on the cross for all our sins. But he went on, he goes on in um, the next verse after John 3.16, where it says how that God for, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God, and Jesus is saying this, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He's not condemning you. He's dying for you. He's taking your weight of sin. He's taking everything that from off you this morning too that may have bothered you in life. Every condition that you have or may have that you don't even know about, conditions you know about, He's taking it all off and it's all laid on His Son because our Father loves you. And if you've never met with Him and never invited His Son into your heart and life, He wants you to receive Him. And in receiving His Son, receive His forgiveness. Your Father forgives you this morning.